fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number six of the fourth season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. And I'm just going to say right now, I feel like I'm selling this whole episode short just by throwing out an episode number, because this is, you know, the, the term spectacular gets thrown around a little bit too frequently these days, but this is this is a true spectacular. This is not the typical phenomenal two-man panel that we're also used to. This is a five-man panel, and we are here to preview Super Bowl 53, or Super Bowl L-I-I-I, as uh, those of you that went to college would refer to it as. Um, and, of course, we're going to talk prop bets, because there's prop bets coming out of every orifice of our bodies as we lead up to Super Bowl 53 between the Patriots and the L.A. Rams, formerly the St. Louis Rams. Uh, and we've got a star-studded Rotor Street Journal panel. We're going to go over all this stuff with you guys today. The Fantasy Fullback Dive, of course, we're paving your way to fantasy glory, fantasy championships, we're your league blocker, but not today. Today we are paving your way to uh, prop bet millions. Is that fair? Oh, like, yeah. Thousands, Absolutely. at least hundreds. I don't know. I mean, Financial you know, freedom much as you're by listening to, to this podcast. Up, that's what we're going to do for you. Uh, the mm-hmm. money that Jimbo Slice, who, by the way, is on the panel, made you uh, in Daily Fantasy this year, we're at least guaranteeing that much on these prop bets. Joining us, Jimbo Slice, Rotor Street Journal mainstay, CJ the Salt Man himself, Keegs, who actually has a great uh, prop bet article that we're basing a lot of this podcast on, at least, um, on the Rotor Street Journal site, and of course, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. How you guys doing? Fantastic, you know. Great to Absolutely. have you Absolutely. I'm college educated, so apparently I understand Roman numerals because that's a prerequisite. Otherwise, you have no idea what a Roman numeral is, according to Nat. I got prop bets out of every orifice. What an intro, Nat. What an intro. Electric. Right, every orifice. How many orifices do you have? Like both nostrils, both ears, the mouth, obviously the rectum. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess the armpits I, aren't orifices. And I filled all of these orifices on each and every one of you in our fantasy football league this year, the Roto Street Expert League. You're, you're reigning champion, of course. Thank you. Oh, that sucks, man. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Your orifices have never been the same. It's all good. <laughs> That's true. They've never been the same. Um, uh, quick, b- before we get started, Wolf, I just wanted to put you on the spot real quick. Um, leading into the 2019-2020 season, we've done a lot of talking about the the nutcracker set. We got a, a fantasy guy at each position: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. If I were going to put you on the spot right now, and I'm, if these are not legally binding or anything, who's your nutcracker set for for the last fantasy season? Pat Mahomes, obviously a quarterback. Pat Mahomes leading off uh, quarterback, of course. There's no doubt about that one. Uh, running back, I mean, Saquon Barkley, whether he's cracking it with his thighs or whether he's cracking it with that hammer between them, I think he's got to be on it for what he did as a rookie. Do you think, uh, Frank, Gore actually, you think Frank Gore gave up his spot? I mean, I don't know. Those walnuts. Uh, he's still I think hauling around some hardware uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, as much as I want him to be, he's white, so I don't want him to be cracking my nuts, no, unfortunately. No, no. Right, yeah. uh, and then receiver, uh, I mean, trying to think right off the top of my head, like who would be the best uh, of that? I, I don't know. Any, any toss-ups from any of you guys? Any of for... you guys have thoughts on, on what receivers slinging around the biggest hardware? CJ? Uh, hmm. Receivers? I'm so, yeah, I, I mean. Can't really, I mean, Des I can't Bryant. really think of someone that. Uh, no, that's a broken nutcracker. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna take his spot? 
I don't know. That's the real I know, question. That's what we got to replace. I right. mean, Devontae uh, Adams had a great season, but he doesn't seem like no, a, a he doesn't seem like he's slinging you know around I mean? like that. All right, you yeah. guys got till the end of the episode to come up with something for tight end and for uh, receiver. But we're going to get into these prop bets here right now. Um, before we get into it, I'm going to go around just one by one and ask a strategy talk. I mean, do you guys like to, when we talk prop bets, because you go on some of these sites now and there's like 500 prop bets to choose from. This is not like a niche thing that it used to be. This is just kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And do you hammer like a million picks or do you just try to pick a few really good ones to try to hit big? What are, what, what's your preferred approach, CJ? So I usually I'll do the game as my biggest bet, and then I will do a bunch of props. I probably do about like ten to fifteen, maybe, <laughs> and I'll <laughs> not as much. I'll do them for like a half a unit or whatever, and just do it that way. But yeah, that's what I do. Wolf, what do you think? I actually avoid betting on the game entirely. It scares the shit out of me luck-wise. I feel like I always create bad luck for whatever team I'm betting on, which, of course, would be the Patriots. So I don't bet on the game. I only hammer prop bets, specifically the the important ones like halftime show, length of the the anthem, all that stuff. And I do like to pick apart like the player props because I think that's the closest relation to fantasy when you can pick out you know the Rams preview aren't great at defending the tight end and grok's over under is 54 and a half yards like that to me is something i'd like to hammer because those are the closest related to fantasy but i don't touch the game if unless it's a you know over under because i love points everybody loves points but no I, I don't touch the game i only do props keegs what do you think uh well i typically like i got a few bucks on the pats minus three just because i i like to throw a little on the spread <clears throat> i mean i i'd say of the five of us i have the the least as far as disposable income these days um <laughs> so i'll usually i'll ju- i'll usually I'll, I'll always bet the anthem that's my big one i'm always that guy in the corner with the stopwatch going during the national anthem mm. and then usually a couple of the player ones like you know some, some that pop out at me but i don't go nuts but usually i'd say five or six total all right jimbo what do you do uh, I don't like doing the game. It's I don't know. I just I can't touch that one. I just stick with the props usually. Um, I'm like Keegs where I have the I have the stopwatch in my hand for the anthem. Then I'll do the other big ones like the uh, Gatorade color halftime show, and then kind of like Wolf. I like picking apart a couple player props here and there, but I, I don't go too crazy with it. Um, you know, I just find a couple of really good ones that I like, and I go from there. For yeah, all the money that you spent on those douchebag AirPods, your mic sounds <laughs> god-awful. So way to be an asshole showing up with your fucking douchebag AirPods and sounding the worst out of any of us, Jimbo. Thank I know, you. and just really driving the point home that Keegs made about the disposable income thing. I mean, just making <laughs> yeah. you just completely look yeah. low. Look at him, that guy. He's loaded with those AirPods. He's got a middle finger up the entire thing. Just put Keegs on his right. Yeah, exactly. The AirPods. It's oh, like I have so much disposable douche. income, it doesn't even matter how I sound. <laughs> all right, um, all right. We're gonna get into this right now, and of course, it wouldn't be a prop bet show if we didn't spend a significant amount of time talking about the you know kind of logistics of the coin toss. Um, heads and tails, even minus one hundred five for each one. Jimbo, see if you can uh, convey this even with through the AirPods, through whatever audio channels you're using. You like heads, you like tails. You have a reason for your answer. Uh, I mean, it's such a stereotypical thing heads or tails i mean it go either way i mean i'm a heads guy because i can't stand the oh tails never fails people meanwhile matthew slater picks heads like every single time and he always gets it right um so i usually go heads because i just i can't i can't stand the tails people cj what do you think 
Honestly, I don't bet it until about 10 minutes before kickoff, and then I'll get a few drinks in me and just throw it in. It's usually tails, so I'll just, do that. You just get a, just get a yeah. feeling because, you know, tails never fails. Yeah, well, I already you, have a few in, but I'll just wait until I'm drunk, and then I'll put that in right before. Is, is CJ one of the people, the aforementioned people you can't stand that it gets on the tails bandwagon, Jimbo? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> His ilk. Wolf, what do you think? I love the uh, little tidbit Keegs found in his article this week that God's the head of Slater's life, so he calls head all the time. Mm. And God's clearly crucial in my everyday activities, the sure. way I'm living my life and oh, the yeah. horrendous things I do every weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one goes to God, and I'm calling heads. Okay. Keegs? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up one of the one of the Tales Never Fails guys, honestly, like if I was ever in that situation myself. But Slater calling it, and he always calls heads, and he's right nine times out of ten, so that's what I'm going with. I'm also going heads. By the way, I think the best quote of this round, uh, of this uh, coin flip round question, was Jimbo saying it could go either way. I I agree. That so did Jimbo? Yeah, bold, <laughs> bold if true. It, it really, only. it really could. Uh, national anthem over under. We're going to start this one out with Keegs. He actually had some a decent analysis on this on the website in his uh, prop bet piece that I referred to earlier. And of course, the over under is a minute forty seven seconds, so one hundred and seven seconds. Keegs has already <laughs> said that he's one of those guys with a stopwatch out on the corner. I mean, now my first question to you is: Do you actually have a stopwatch, or are you using a phone? Like, how much disposable income do you have? Like, do you actually are you actually using like a dollar ninety nine stopwatch? Oh, no, no, no. It's my phone. Okay. Just uh, wanted to make but, sure you didn't have one of those you know, track timer <laughs> things. Okay. It's just always funny because, like, we'll always have, like, a couple of, like, my buddy's girlfriends or something come by to watch the game. They're like, what is he doing? And I'm just like, shh. You're like, I, I'm I timing the anthem. Yeah. Back off. Uh, uh, over, has- over 147, by the way, minus 160. That's the favorite, clear favorite. And under 147 is plus 120. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the analysis I guess I had was I found – I was on YouTube and I found one clip of her doing the national anthem. It was back in the 90s. I want to say it was at a basketball game. And it was funny looking through all the YouTube comments and everyone was like, who's here scouting for the Super Bowl? Like, who's here scouting? Like everybody. <laughs> and uh, that one was only 132, which made me, I guess, a little nervous to start. But I looked into it more, and she's a Georgia native, and she's super, super into the anthem. So she's going to be back home. She's she's pretty old, but she's got pipes. Like I, I've I heard some of her other songs and stuff. Like the the woman can sing. So uh, and then just looking back at the history, <clears throat> it was the the last six and nine out of the last ten have all been over this mark. So I, I I'm not going to go against that. I'm taking the over. All right, um, my carefully mapped out order that was going to be Jimbo next, but he appears to have left the set. Um, poss- possibly <laughs> to get a new pair of AirPods. Um, <laughs> CJ, what are your thoughts on the anthem prop? Yeah, so I actually I went on YouTube myself and I found a clip of her singing "God Bless America" the 2006 U.S. Open, and she was so slow. I was eventually I was gonna go with the under initially, and then after seeing that, I was like, I have to go with the over with the rest of the public. So I'm gonna roll with that. All right, we're gonna backtrack a little bit. Jimbo, uh, thoughts on the anthem? Uh, I mean, I like the analysis that Keegs is bringing in here, but minus 160, I, I almost have to lean the under just for the value of plus 120. Uh, when you're Sometimes when you're gambling, you just have to throw all logic out the window and just play the odds. And that 120 is just staring at me. It's like, ooh, I, I might have to take the one. Just because just it's plus 120, I might just have to take that. Wolf, thoughts? 
I mean, this woman's nickname, the Empress of Soul. You're telling me she's going to go fucking under? You shitting me in the national anthem? No chance. This is over. Hammer it all day. The only risk with that would be if she's held hostage to a musical accompaniment. You know, I could see, you know, mm. a child choir behind her or something that moves the pace and forces her to not hold her notes. But this is a woman that's going to just belt out that last note for at least 20 seconds on its own. There's no way the Empress of Soul is going under. It's over all day. Hammer it. If, if some child choir comes out and costs these gamblers millions, if not billions of dollars, there's going to, I mean, you know, there's going to be real hell to pay. You can't, like, kind of box yourself into a corner and bring out an unpredictable child, like factor like a child choir. I don't think the Empress of Soul is going to do something like that. They, divas generally don't like to share the stage with anybody that might upstage them, and children are just known for upstaging. Trust me, I have a couple of them. They're huge upstagers. <laughs> Many fine qualities, but huge upstagers. I'm also going the over just because it just makes sense. All right, National Anthem outfit for Gladys Knight. Uh, you know, you got two options here. You basically got your skirt, dress, gown. That's one of your options, and that's minus 220, and then anything else. So, I mean, that would include pants of any kind, I guess a, a costume, like if she wanted to come out dressed as like the state of Georgia or something like that or a peach or whatever. All those would fall <laughs> under other, and that's plus 155. Um, Wolf, thoughts on that? What do you think as far as the outfit? She's going gown all day. She's going to be dressed to the nines, classy, as much as I could picture a nice little jumpsuit and stuff. It's not not in this stage. This is 100% dress. It's I don't love the odds, but she's not wearing any pants now. It's true. She's not wearing any pants. Keys, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I mean, minus 220 blows, but I, 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 I'd rather, you know, take those odds and be right than not be. And, you know, back in her home state, like Wolf said, she's going to be dressed to the nines. I, I can't see anything else. Jimmy? She seems like a pretty classy lady, so she's probably got a nice outfit on. It's not like we're dealing with, like, Lady Gaga here. I was come just thinking about God Lady Gaga that. and her red, white, and blue yeah. pantsuit. <laughs> exactly. So something classy, something professional, something standard. But it's boring at minus two twenty, but it's probably that's that's what's going to be. CJ, are you going to throw a monkey wrench in the works here, or do you like the gown as well? Um, I've gone back and forth with this a little bit, just because when I watched that video back in two thousand six, she was pretty big, and now she it looks <laughs> like she's lost. It looks like she's lost a lot of weight, so I think she's going to wear a nice tight dress. I'm going to go show off that figure. Was she yeah. big? Was she big like pregnancy big? No, she was a no, big woman. Okay. And then trying. I was looking at it. I looked up her Google Images, and she looks pretty good now for an older woman. Okay. That's what I'm into. I'm also going over uh, – not over. I'm, I'm going with the gown. I just can't see her coming out with a, a platform like this and not, A, stretching out the anthem performance or, B, like, you know, wearing, like, some sort of Cinderella prom style I could type see, gown. like, a, a pantsuit, though. That's kind of classy. Yeah, Keegs referenced that in the article. He says she can slay in a pantsuit. That oh, was yeah. a direct quote, <laughs> I believe from the article so i mean part of me wants to see that if, if nothing else all right we're gonna get into some broadcast props and i actually like a lot of these these are very entertaining this is the type of thing that keeps me glued to my seat as far as the national anthem you know when that's coming and everything but if you want to make sure you get all these this is when you not only are in your seat the whole time but you basically are telling the people around you to shut up and stuff like that people that want to watch the game and cheer and, and you're like telling them to keep it down because you want to hear if tony romo's making predictions and if he's getting them right and of course that leads me into the first one how many plays will tony tony romo correctly predict ahead of the play being run over seven and a half that's at minus 140 under seven and a half that is at even. I'm going to start with Jimmy on this one. What do you think, Jimmy? Over seven and a half, under seven and a half? I'm going under. I feel like 
it's really cool when you see Romo like predict a play correctly, but I feel like that's more like a regular season thing. And I know he went on that hot streak at the end of the Patriots game last time, but like, we're not here to listen to Tony Romo, like call plays before every game. And then when he's wrong, it's be like, Oh, this guy stinks. And then not like, it's not about Romo calling plays. Like just let him, let us watch the game and like, just do your normal analysis. Don't you, you don't need to be, calling plays beforehand all the time. So I'm going to go under. It's not about him. It's about the teams there. CJ over under. I'm going to say under. I mean, last week he, he guessed seven and that it seemed like he guessed every single play correctly. So I'm going to say under, and except if it's a close game, I'd say going into the fourth. Cause then he gets really horny and he just like, yeah. Oh, I need to, this is like what I'm going to do. But yeah, I think it's going to go under. Wolf. You know me, I'm an over guy. I think he's going over again. He got that hot streak at the end of last week. I think he's going to feel a little cocky. I know Jimbo, like, I, I like your take that it shouldn't be about Romo, but I don't trust him to not make it about himself. I think he's going to try to show that I'm a quarterback and I know what Tom Brady's going to do. And it seems like he really does know what Tom Brady's going to do because it means it's thrown to Edelman. Uh, I mean, it's not that hard to, to predict the Patriots offense sometimes. I think he's getting at least eight right. Keegs, what do you think? I mean, personally, the way I look at it, I I think I said this in the article, too. Like, I don't necessarily think he's really trying to, like, be this, like, guy that's predicting every play. I think he just gets so excited. Like CJ said, he gets all horny, especially during a good game. And he notices stuff that only a quarterback, and especially only a quarterback that's played so recently, has noticed. So he just kind of says stuff as it pops into his head, and it ends up being a prediction. So I I went with the over. I I could see it both ways, but I I think he's going to be on top of this game. I think it's going to be under, and I think it's going to possibly be way under. I, I don't actually. I think seven and a half is a really high number. You it know, you said you said he went. I think seven. He got him all right again in the last Pats game. So even that would have been under. He's sixty eight percent on the year for whatever it's worth, as far as like predictions getting him right. It seems like more than that. I mean, it seems to me like every time I I hear him make one, it's correct. But evidently, he's a little under seventy percent, which is still really really good. But I, I I'd be surprised if he goes higher than five, to be honest. And which would still be more, by the way, than just about any other announcer would do. But I just don't mm-hmm. see us getting up to eight on that. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I would consider putting like substantial money on that, just because I think eight is such a high number. How many times will Ted Rath, and that is the get-back coach, be mentioned during the broadcast? And we're not betting on how many times he's actually going to hold Sean McVay back. We just want to know how many times the guy is going to be mentioned. You know, I'm assuming in the context of being the get-back coach, because, I mean, that's all he is. Uh, over is over 3.5. That is minus 140. Under 3.5. That is even. I'm going to start this one off with CJ. What do you think? Is Ted Rath going to get a lot of play on this on this broadcast? No, I'm going under here. I feel like in the beginning of the game they might talk about him, and then um, there might be like one blown call. Maybe he'll have to hold him back. They'll show it on TV, and that'll be it. Wolf. I think he gets a little highlight package of CJ saying the first time he holds him back, we're going to get a, you know, a clip of him holding him back multiple times. I'm also going under, though. I don't think it's – there's so many storylines you can talk about in this game from Brandon Cooks getting revenge to you know the, the ageless Bill Belichick versus the young boy genius McVay. You got Gronk potentially having his last game ever. You got you know, Aaron Donald potentially taking over this game. There's just so much girly which one's going to show up. There's so much to talk about that. I don't think they're going to be needing the Ted Rath material as much as you know they might in a normal broadcast. Keegs, what do you think? I mean, I hope it's under because it, it, it's just such a dumb. Like, I don't care about this guy. Like, he'll get a mention early, like you guys are saying. They'll show him once or twice, but I, th- I think four is a high number. I th- I'm thinking maybe two or three, but four seems real high. Jimmy, what do you think? 
see this. I feel like this is the easiest one. It has to be under. Like you, they have him like queued up as like a storyline. So you're going to get that token one like pretty early off the bat. And then he might get like another pity, uh, another like pity view, like with a bad call, like CJ said later on or something. But I feel like like two is going to be the most you probably get for him. I feel like this is such an easy under. And especially when it's an even line, like I hope I can find this everywhere. Yeah, I think I agree with all this analysis. I, you would have to think I agree with Keegs. Like I hope it's not four or more. I mean, that would just be terrible. And I agree with what Jimmy and you guys said as well. I mean, it just seems to me like one or two were pretty much guaranteed to get, and anything beyond that, I have to admit, I would be pretty surprised. I think that they'll probably shove it down our throats for about forty-five minutes at some point during like the seven hours of pregame. <laughs> But that that's not – I mean, these, these bets generally are from kickoff to the end of the game. I don't see it happening more than twice either. How many times on the broadcast are they going to mention Sean McVay's age? And, again, this is from kickoff to the end of the game. Over 1.5, that's minus 175. Under 1.5, that's plus 135. Wolf, what do you think? Oh, it's over, and it's over all day. I mean, the the age gap itself, that's going to get mentioned. I think the, the youngest coach to make a Super Bowl, he's going to get mentioned. That's two right there. You already got you over there, and there's a million other reasons to bring it up, too. Younger than A decade younger than Belichick played against Edelman. Like, there's so many age storylines that go with McVay that there's no way. This is probably my favorite prop bet to, to hammer. It's definitely the over. It's not even close, in my opinion. Just to be clear, he's more than a decade younger than Belichick, which is what you just said. <laughs> but- oh, I, I meant... Uh, Brady, Brady. I didn't mean Belichick. Like ten years, isn't he like ten years younger than Brady? It's, uh, like, probably it's around a decade. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, I slipped my belt. Right. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Keegs, what do you think? Uh, in my notes, it just says over. Duh. Is like I think it's just I think it's a lock. I mean, again, one, minus one seventy five. It's like no fun, but they're they're all they care about is how young Sean McVay is. It's like the big storyline in this game. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, what we can really hope for, the people that want to see the overs on all this, is at some point when, what's his name, that holdback coach starts holding him back, they'll be like, Rath, holding back 33-year-old coach Sean McVay or something, and just everyone <laughs> just like going crazy down there. I doubt that'll happen. Jimmy, what do you think? You think there's any way they keep this under one and a half? No, this is another pretty easy one over. You know you're getting your first one within a minute or a minute and a half of game time. Yeah. Then you have another basically entire game to get one more, and this this might hit the over before the first quarter ends. Can I actually ask a question about this one? Yeah. If I they, think we're gonna. I think we have the same question. Is it before? Like, let's say before the kickoff, they say this is the a duel between the oldest and youngest coach. Does that count, or does it have oh, to no, be? No, no. They, I believe they have to actually mention the number. I think yeah, they have to actually I, mention that's the what age. I was gonna say. I yeah. feel like this is gonna mm. screw with a lot of people because, like, on Twitter and stuff, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, they said youngest, but they have to say 33. No, correct. I think they have to say ah, the actual okay. number. Otherwise, we'd be looking. I mean, if they're just referencing the fact that he's not very old, I think we'd be looking at like 20 or something like that. Right. I think they okay. actually have to say the number. Does that that change? <laughs> and, and does it have to be after kickoff? Yeah, as well? it has like, to yeah, be from kickoff the, to the time. time running out. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. C- CJ, what do you think based on that criteria? I don't know. That kind of just scares me a little bit because i can definitely see like the youngest coach in the nfl blah 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 but i don't know if i can see 33 twice no i mean they're gonna say the youngest like, coach well, in the nfl only 33 years old i mean I don't yeah know. that's true i don't know but and it, if the rams are winning and like if they're but the time's running out i could see that happening but if the patriots are winning it's kind of whatever and i don't know i'm gonna just say under i guess to be contrarian so okay <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say over. I just—it's hard for me yeah, to believe they won't—they won't, they won't do this person. more than once. 
All right, mm-hmm. let's talk about Super Bowl L I I I or Super Bowl Lee as they're calling it in the media for clo- uh, you know for short just to save time. We're going to talk about the MVP odds, and I'm not going I'm going to spare you reading the entire list because there's like 30 of them. Tom Brady squarely at the top of the list though at plus 125. There's nobody uh, else after Jared Goff who's at plus 250 that is less that is uh you know not uh, plus a thousand or higher. So we're going to start with Keegs. Keegs, who's your choice for MVP? You just going Brady? You going chalk here? Well, Brady, yeah, Brady's my pick just because it, it just makes the most sense. I think it was like 50, 56% of MVPs have just been the winning team's quarterback, and that's the easiest way to go. But, I mean, obviously that's not where the money's at. If if I'm going, you know, one of the lower down guys, <clears throat> I mean – I, you could argue James White was the MVP of Super Bowl 51, so I, I, I don't hate him here. And then for the Rams, uh, after Goff, I like Robert Woods, too, because I think he could just break off a huge, couple huge plays and out of nowhere just steal the show. Woods at plus 5,000. Nice payoff if you got lucky there. Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, I obviously like Brady because I feel like if the Pats win, it's basically automatic that he wins at plus 125. Um and then I'm kind of looking at Aaron Donald at 1800 mm-hmm. only because if the Rams do unfortunately win, it's probably because they disrupt Brady and get to the quarterback, and that's most likely with Donald. And I'll just throw this little tidbit in is that I did call Von Miller back for the Broncos one, so little defensive MVP history possibly. Mm-hmm. CJ, what do you think? So I already, I already put Edelman in. My book actually has him at plus 4,000, which is unbelievable. And um, I don't know. I can just see him, especially after like the Roby Coleman, all the like, shit talking before the game and everything. I could see Brady just making a mockery out of him like he usually does and just peppering him like 15 times. Maybe he gets like 11 or 12 catches and mm-hmm. him winning the MVP. So I, really, I just couldn't pass up those odds. Wolf, who do you like? Uh, Brady's going to be my favorite, but of course that's way too easy. I actually really like Jimbo's take. I had Donald written down at plus eighteen hundred because if the Rams win, I think he's a huge part of that. And then if I'm just going like for humongous odds, just to throw like ten bucks on and see if I can really explode, I kind of like Trey Flowers if he disrupts Goff all day, kind of like the 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 uh, Aaron Donald of the Patriots side. I can see him, you know, forcing a couple strip sacks or something crazy, having like a three sack day. I, I don't know. That's obviously. I mean, he's plus one twelve hundred or whatever. There's 12,500. So, I mean, the odds are ridiculous, but if you hit it, then, you know, why not throw 10 bucks on and see what happens? When some of these great minds think think alike, I also picked Vaughn Miller when they played the Panthers. um, And I would just like, same same logic here. And my picks for this bet are Aaron Donald at plus 1,800. And I've also got Indomitian Sue thrown in there at plus 7,500. You have to think, like, you know, if you're just going to talk about throwing 10 bucks down on something, that would be a sweet little payoff. And I think if the Rams do win, that's going to be why. I could definitely see a defensive MVP coming from the Rams side, whereas if the Patriots win, I just I would be shocked. Even if Edelman had a great game, even if White had a great game, hard for me to imagine they don't give the MVP to Brady. Yeah, like they didn't give it to James White that year. Are they really going to give it to somebody else if the Patriots win? I, d- I, I think it's it. pretty unlikely. But I think if the Rams win, there's a decent chance we're going to see one of those guys get it. Yeah. Uh, will any quarterback throw for over 400 yards? Yes, plus 200. No, minus 300. Keegs, what do you think? Anyone going over 400 yards? I like it, just especially at plus 200. I mean, Brady, last two years, has averaged 485, which obviously both those games were kind of wild offensively, but I don't see why this one couldn't be either. So I, I got yes on that one. Jimmy? 
Uh, same with Keegs. I love the analysis there. The high scoring. You know, this should probably be another high scoring game. And it seems like quarterbacks against the Patriots in the Super Bowl always come up big. Uh, so Goff could easily get there for 400 as well. But I, I love Brady's odds of getting there too. CJ, what do you think? Anyone going over 200 or 400? I don't think so. Um, I think they're going. The Patriots can use a similar game plan to the Chiefs' game plan, and they're just going to slow the game down, limit possessions. I just don't see that happening unless the Patriots go up like I don't know, twenty-eight nothing or something, and the Rams just have to throw the ball fifty times. But that's well, it. what do you think? Four hundred yards. I don't think anybody does, but it's similar to Jimbo's take earlier. When you see plus 200 on a bet, that very is like is very feasible. It's tough to turn that down, so I'll take the bet and go plus 200, but I don't think anybody goes for over 400 this time. I agree completely with that analysis as well. Two, I can't pass up plus 200, and I mean, especially since he's averaging 485 over the last two. We know it could happen. Gun to my head, do I think it's going to? No, but I'm, I'm going to bet the yes on over 400 as well. Will a player be ejected for throwing a punch or fighting? Yes, plus 700. No, minus 1,600. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Anyone getting tossed out of here for throwing punches? The value of plus 700 is very intriguing when you have <laughs> Dominic Stu and that uh, Toby Coleman dude out there in the backfield. And to mm-hmm. too. He could rip someone's gold and chain off. Would that count if he ripped off a too. gold chain? <laughs> exactly. Um no, I, I can't say yes because like you, Patriots are too well disciplined to be doing that. So it's going to have to come from the Rams, and I just I don't think McVeigh would let. I would hope McVeigh would not let that happen. So I it's, I can't say yes. Got no. I would hope thirty-two year old coach Sean McVeigh would not allow that to happen. CJ, what do you think? <laughs> Anyone getting thrown out of here for fighting? I mean, I'm not going to bet like. Uh, $1,600 to make $100. But um, the only thing is that at the end of the Seattle Patriots Super Bowl, there was a few Seahawks that were thrown out. So, I mean, true. it could happen. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet. <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm not going to bet no, so I guess I'd have to say yes. Well, if you think anyone's getting tossed for fighting... I, I like that, as Keegs points out, it's one of those big money grabs. Like the odds is, you know, late game, shoving, pushing, tempers rising. They've got a ton of hot tempers over there on the Rams. So uh, you talked about strategy. That's This is what I like more is like the, the risk reward ones where you're, you're probably not going to win them, but you hit one or two of them and you're having yourself a great night. I think this is a really interesting one to throw on. And I'm going to say yes. Also kind of fun to pull for just in general. Yeah, let's get a fight, right? I right. love it. Sure, everybody loves a good fight. Keegs, what do you think? Yes, no? That's what I was saying. I mean, I threw this in just like to have fun with it. And I think it's fun to root for an ejection. And like the scenario I like painted, I guess, was, uh, you know, the Pats are up 28 with a minute left. Like Brady, Brady maybe throws like, I don't know, his last pass of the game, whatever. Sue just comes and stomps on his ankle or something and gets tossed. It's it's not out of the realm. So I I went with yes and plus 700 is just a blast and rooting for an ejection is a blast. So it's two for two. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for it. I can't, in good conscience, say that I'm I'm going to put any money on yes. I just don't see it happening. Although, let's face it, there are some characters on the field that you wouldn't be totally shocked if it happened. But at the same time, I'd kind of be shocked. It's the Super Bowl. All right, we're going to get to miscellaneous props. And the Wolf specifically said he wanted to go first on this one. This is like it was his only demand at the beginning of the podcast is he wanted me to start this uh, roundtable on him. First song performed by Wolf's favorite band, Maroon 5, at halftime. What do you think, Wolf? What are your thoughts? What's your analysis going into this right now? 
<laughs> Wolf's favorite band. The reason I requested though is I've I've been I think three straight years gotten this right, and it's always been like one of the higher like be, the the mo- more money you can win, higher odds. So I'm gonna go. You know, you f- think about it. it's all about energy. The opening note, like it's got to be something that pans down and fires up the crowd and it ties into football. So we can obviously cross out like payphone. She will be loved. Like that's a, obviously not imagine that. Like she will opening up the the, the halftime show. Everyone falling asleep. Not gonna happen. Uh, girls like you, not going to happen. You can also always cross off the one that features other artists because they love having those, but they're always in the middle where, you know, Christina Aguilera can come flying out of the crowd and join for moves like Jagger. So I love moves like Jagger. I love the energy it brings. That's a mid-game performance, though. That's not going to happen here. Uh, so what I love and what I'm going with, and I love the odds here, is Animals. You know, it's an intense song, maybe the most intense Maroon 5 can ever be, if Maroon 5 could ever be considered intense. I love the opening notes. I love the energy establishes. I can just see, like, like, you know, him coming out and just it ties to football too well, you know. Baby, I'm praying on you tonight, hunt you down, eat you alive, just like animals, animals, like animals. Come on now. That is such a football opener. Maroon 5 wants to seem tough even though they can't. That's going to be the opener. Plus 700, lock of the day. That's going to make some people some serious dough. I'm, that's going to be my heaviest bet. Animals, plus 700. It's happening, guaranteed. That, I, that's heavy analysis right there. I'm impressed. I'm really genuinely impressed by that. Keegs, what do you I mean, rebuttal? Uh, I mean, you say they're not your favorite band. That was the hell of a performance. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, that's pretty much how I would break down like Pink Floyd or something, who I like wouldn't lie and say wasn't my favorite band. That was that was a lot to know about a band that's not your that favorite was, band. I mean, I'm tearing up over here. But uh, I, I've, I've been big on One More Night, and uh, I, I wrote about it basically saying that you, you picture the song, you, they got that funky roof in Atlanta and you got the camera kind of pans down from that and goes into the stage kind of comes out and you see the crowd down there and they got all the ooze at the beginning. I'm not going to sing like, Wolf. I don't have the voice of him and I'm a little sick, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I like one more night at plus five fifty, and I guess a sleeper at like the the highest odds plus two thousand is this love, and I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Just so recognizable, and it also gets a little bit upbeat. Um, so I don't hate that, but one more night's my pick. Jimmy, I mean, is there anything you can contribute that's going to top either one of those? Not really. Um, basically, I just look for newer songs because I know they like to play their new stuff, or at least people who perform like to do the new stuff. And it's got to be something like upbeat that like keeps the crowd into it, or like you know, people at home watching, or just it gets it's got to get people going. So I kind of like moves like Jagger plus six hundred. It's familiar; people know it. It'll get people moving. Um, I feel like that's pretty good value right there. CJ. Um, yeah, this isn't, I usually don't bet this, but I'm going to just go with Keegs. I'm going to say one more night. It's upbeat. Everyone knows the song right away. There's going to be a bunch of like those little like idiot kids like dancing around on the fields and they're just going to show them and then they'll be it. Possibly the same children's choir that upstaged Gladys Knight earlier in the show. They'll bring back for that just to get them going again. First of all, Hey, how do you, how do you get like on the field? I don't understand. Who are those kids? I don't know. Do you think? Do you think they're all? I was never one of these kids. I I mean, are they are they actually kids or are they like twenty year olds? Yeah, but you have their twenty year olds. How do you get on the field? I don't get it. I don't know. They could be like sleeping with the players or something. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I think I think they're like. I I don't know. I mean, how how do how do people get like those backstage? VIP no, I, think they're like, I think they're like 14. Oh, well, then no. That's why I asked. 
They probably won like know. a they probably won like a school contest or something. Like, how can I get down there for Janet Jackson? My God, yeah, that was a nice bait and switch there, CJ. I'm like, well, how you're like, well, let's say they're 20. I'm like, all right, well, then they're messing around with the players. You're like, just kidding, they're 14. You creep. That was nice. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't know anywhere near as much about this band as you guys do. I'm looking at this list. There's only two songs on there I've even heard of. And so I, I, I don't feel like I can honestly do that. I, I feel like Wolf's analysis was good, but I trust Keegs more on stuff like this. As far as the Wolf saying that he got like the last it's, three years right, I mean, if you got last year's right, it was just because of Seamus. It was I mean, filthy. Uh, and Seamus crushed it for I mean, Seamus was filthy, which I had never heard of. But Seamus is like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to open with filthy. And I was like, well, I've never heard of that. And then sure enough, Ham- they opened with right. Yep. Yeah, why I mean, don't we have Seamus come into a cameo right now and we can see what he says? Because I don't think the screen I'll is big enough to hold weekend. another person. I think we're I think we're at capacity here. <laughs> All right. And also, by the if anyone listening knows how how they get those kids, whether they're 14, 20, or some other number on the field, we'd like to know. We're curious. Yeah. All right. Will either team hit a crossbar or upright on a field goal or extra point attempt during this game? Uh, that's very in in vogue right now to talk about doinking and double doinking and all other uh, crossbar type kicks. Yes, three hundred and fifty plus three hundred and fifty. No, minus six hundred. Uh, I think I skipped uh, CJ the last round. Uh, CJ, what do you think? Oh, uh, why not? I mean, last last year was an absolute debacle. As when I was reading Keeg's. Uh, when I was reading his article, I had to go back, and there's actually a YouTube video that just shows the missed field goals, and it was such a disaster last year that I completely forgot about it. So yeah, Goskowski's always due for a fucking shank like he always is in a big game. So I'm going to say yes, and I tried to find just a missed field goal prop, but I couldn't find one. I think that would have been good, but whatever. Wolf, crossbar? Nah, not happening. There would be a missed one, like CJ said. I fully believe that, but no crossbars. The, the leg's too, too money. Yeah. Uh, Keys, thoughts on crossbar? I mean, it's doink season, so I, doink season. I I went with yes here when I threw that in because I, <clears throat> I mean that'd be another just fun one to root for, and uh, it wasn't wasn't last year, but in in fifty one when Gostowski missed that extra point that would have made it I think twenty eight to ten that was a doink, so yeah. I, wouldn't shock me. Jimmy crossbar thoughts. I'm playing yes just for the value here plus three fifty and. And any time Goskowski lines up for a field goal, I basically shit my pants anyway. So I mean, it, it's a very real possibility here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go no, although I can't I can't argue with that logic either. I mean, the Goskowski, I'm not a Pats fan, but I have to admit, when Goskowski lines up, it's, I don't get the ice water in the veins feeling that I used to maybe in years past. I do from the other guy. Good Lord. Zerline is a monster out there. You better look out. You better hope it doesn't come down to something with him. He's he's been limited in practice for the last two weeks, though. So his range is probably like only like fifty five. All right. right. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? Um, And I'm going to read you the list here. He's good. Teammates plus one sixty. God always a popular choice plus one ninety. If the Wolf won MVP, that's clearly who he would thank first. Uh, (laughs) The City plus eight fifty. Family or a family member plus four hundred. Coach plus a thousand, owner plus twelve hundred. Does not mention any of the above. Plus four hundred. That would be great. Just like what? Be great if they if like someone won it and was like, I just want to thank uh, you know Tom Cruise uh, for being such a you know I really love his movies. He's been an inspiration to me. Or just somebody not on this list. What do you think, Wolf? 
I actually, for the odds, really like Coach just because I could see a leading in question, whether it's, you know, there's so much controversy between Belichick and Brady this year. What do you think, Tom? Like, he'd be like, oh, the coach is the best. McVay, obviously, is such a huge storyline for the Rams as well. I can see a really leading in question to the Super Bowl MVP speech that almost prompts out coach. So when you get plus 1,000 on that, that's where I'm taking my money. Keegs, what do you think? I don't hate that at all, honestly. Um, I... uh... I thought teammates was pretty safe, but I'm thinking, especially, especially if it's Brady, I like family just cause he's, he's so, yeah, he's obviously kisses his kid on the mouth. He's a big family guy. Um, so I, that, that's, I think that's my pick. family at plus four. This one goes to my son's lips. <laughs> <laughs> the soft lips. <laughs> Jimmy, what do you think? It's a really creepy fucking podcast. I just, I, I just got the worst visual in my head. I <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, uh, again, following uh, mouth kiss from Brady to his son, what do you think? Uh, Leaving a good impression on me because I I like the plus 400 there. You know, Tom, big family guy. Uh, I want to say teammates at first, but I feel like he'll go after his family because he's all about that. So I got to go plus family or plus 400 family. CJ, who's the MVP thinking? Uh. Yeah, I'll just go with everyone else and say family if it's Tom, and then if it's the field, I'm going to go with teammates. Yeah, I mean, if my Super Bowl MVP pick came through, like say Indomitian Sue won, then like all bets would be off. There's no telling what that guy would say. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, then, then I would actually be really interested to know. Unfortunately, it's not one of these situations where I feel like you can realistically bet on the city. Uh, you know, no one's going to thank. New England. No one's going to thank, oh yeah, thank you so much, you LA football fans for propelling. It's not like when LeBron won it in Cleveland or anything like that. There's no narrative like that. I actually think the odds on City should be substantially higher than they are. Um, I think I'm, I think I like the coach at plus a thousand. I like that. I can't believe the odds mm-hmm. of that are higher than the City. There's no way that the City's getting thanked first by any of these guys. What color liquid will be poured on the winning coach? Lime green or yellow plus two twenty five, clear slash water plus two twenty, orange plus four hundred, blue plus four hundred, red plus six hundred, purple plus one thousand. Jimmy, what do you think? What kind of liquid is getting poured on the winning coach? I'm an orange guy. I've always liked orange. I feel like it's the OG Gatorade. Um, it's decent value at four hundred. So I, I gotta stick with orange here. I've always been an orange guy. CJ? It's the Patriots. They have way too many Alex Guerrero guys on their field, so I'm going to say um, water. Wolf? Water. I'm with CJ. Exact analysis that I was going to say. Keegs, what do you think? Good, um, good well, analysis, by the way, guys. <laughs> I got a little I got a little bit of extra, I guess, because the, the last couple NFC winners have all been orange. So if you're on the Rams, I go orange. For the Pats, I go blue. I actually was reading Belichick's only gotten a shower two out of five wins. Because either it was the overtime win, or I guess a couple, you know, the first couple he just never got one, and the first one was like back in '04, and that was clear. And then the Seahawks was blue, so I, I'm sticking with blue for that. I'm going clear also, but when he referred to it as getting the shower, I was, of course, the first thing that popped in my head is like, I wonder if it was like a, I wonder if there's like golden Gatorade. Anyway, <laughs> how much would you pay to hear like Jim Nance be like, ah, oh, Belichick getting the golden shower? After the game. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be 
fantastic. Yes, this is this is really devolving into quite a good podcast. I'm enjoying it. All right, first touchdown score. Um, I'm not going to read you the whole list, but I will say Sony Michelle at plus 500 is the favorite, followed closely by Todd Gurley at plus 600. CJ, what do you think? Who do you like to punch the ball in first? Uh, so this is a prop that I I'll bet like probably four guys on it for just small money. I do this like during the regular season when I'm bored. But um, so I actually I think Gurley was benched last week, and um, yeah, Sean McVay kind of made it a point this week to say that he's going to get Gurley involved. So I think if the Rams score first, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit on Gurley. I also like Josh Reynolds at plus a thousand, just because he's the third receiver, gets the less least attention. And then um, for the Patriots, I'd just throw something on Chris Hogan or Rex Burkhead. Wolf, what do you think? I, I'm a big fan of Gurley. I, I saw something that the Patriots haven't scored a first quarter Super Bowl touchdown in like uh, ever, maybe, I think is what the, the stat is. So I don't think it's going to be the Patriots who score the first TD. So I like Gurley there, as CJ said, motivated, getting more involved this game. Uh, but if it is a Patriot, I just love the odds of like a Brady QB sneak at plus 5,000. He runs in, like spikes the ball and gets all fired up. Like those odds are pretty ridiculous. And that's not that impossible of a situation to get plus 5,000. 5,000. So for high upside, I'm going to go Brady for a Patriot and then Gurley for the Rams. Keegs, what do you think? Uh, looking at the upside, I mean, obviously, I think Michelle and Gurley, if you throw a little on those, you probably won't be disappointed. <clears throat> for the high upside guys, I like Cordell Patterson for the pass. He's at plus 4,000. So you're going 40 <laughs> to 1 there. And he he was pretty, pretty non existent in the Chiefs game. I think he had two catches for 18 yards, didn't run the ball at all. And He's not going to get a lot of opportunities on kickoffs because Zerline's getting a touchback nine out of ten times. So I think to try to get him involved in this game somehow, Belichick's going to work him into the offense a little. So I wouldn't be surprised at like an eight-yard jet sweep or something. But again, the the Pats don't really score first a lot. I think the Philly one last year, I think that's the first time the Pats have ever scored first in the Super Bowl. Um, so uh, for the Ram side, uh, aside from the backs, I, I honestly like Gerald Everett. He's at uh, – plus 2,500 and you know, you worry about all the speedy receivers and you worry about, you know, they get down in the red zone they got those big bodies and get some just easy for golf to lob it up to. Cause he needs a big target. Cause he's not that great. So I like him at 25 to one. Jimmy, what do you think? I like Rex Burkhead. Um, it seems like Bill's trusting of him in short yardage situations and like down the goal line now, as opposed to Sony Michelle. Um, so at plus 1000, I feel like he's a good bet to get in uh if they get close enough to uh the end zone apparently so uh, plus a thousand not bad i I like rex i'm not gonna touch this one like with actual real money but i feel like if i put a little bit on michelle and a little bit on Gurley, like keeg said you pretty good chance i would win something all right let's Mm -hmm. go to our player locks stuff like that you guys like going around maybe two or three actual player related stat related locks that we can go to um and any other Really nice props that you're interested in, kind of as we close things out. I'm going to start with CJ on this. What are the player, maybe two or three of them, uh, that are player, like reception, rushing, touchdown related that you like the best? All right, so I think the clear number one is Gronk over three and a half receptions. I already have it locked in. Um, the Rams have let the third most targets to tight ends, and it's likely going to be his last game, I believe. So I think he's just going to get a ton of targets. Which, I mean, you could also sprinkle a little bit on MVP, too. Mm. Um, I, also mm-hmm. like, I also like Gurley over three and a half receptions. Um, in 12 out of his 15 regular season games, he had four-plus targets, and the Patriots linebackers are slow. And um, just those are my only two player props. But I do love um, 
over two and a half passing, a uh, two and a half player passing attempts, just because mm. of a like an Edelman throw or I like that the, too. the Patriots always do have like some trick up their sleeves in the playoffs and they haven't really done anything yet. So they're gonna do something like that. I also I always love special teams or defensive touchdowns at plus one ninety five. And both quarterbacks, they both have an over-under of 0.5 interceptions, and I like the over on both. I think they'll both run interception. Wolf, what do you got? I think great minds think alike here because I have both Gurley and Gronk, whatever receiving bet you choose. I went more with the yardage here. Gurley at 30 and a half uh, yards, I think is a complete lock. I think he'll also catch three and a half balls to get there, but he went over 30 and a half in 11 of his 15 games. I know now there's some concern because he's been so minimally used, but then McVay comes out and says he's going to be a big part of this game. As CJ mentioned, the, the Patriots really struggle to slow linebackers, seventh most receiving yards allowed to running backs this season. I think Gurley has has a, a big day through the air. I think he's going to double, if not triple, that that thirty and a half, and be one of the leading receivers for the Rams. So any type of girly receiving bet, I'm all in on. I love the Gronk bet as well. Like you said last game, I think they make it a point to pepper him. His first reception over under is at six. I mean, if he catches a ball, and when he catches a ball, it's not going to be just six yards. So I think he gets hit deep down the seam for like twenty to start off the game on a nice play action throw, and Gronk just nails you that bet right off the bat. Plus fifty, uh, I think it's fifty four and a half is his receiving yardage over under the second most yards allowed to tight ends with the Rams this season. They really funnel it to the middle of the field. They have great outside corners, lockdown receivers really well, lockdown running backs really well. And I know that's a big part of the Patriots game is Edelman and white, but I think Gronk's going to have to be the hero here. And I had the, the players over on a, a passing attempt over two and a half as well. I think Edelman's definitely hucking one and Sean McVay. I mean, the punter, I could see a fake punt with uh what's that guy's name? Hacker. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah. I mean, that, that could easily happen. So there's just so many avenues for that to go over. I think it's absolutely happening. So the Gronk, Gurley, and the over-under on the pass attempts, whichever way you want to attack those, I think all of them are going to hit. So I just, I just have one thing. Do you think they could put Tlaib on Gronk just because the Patriots don't really have like a legitimate outside receiver? I've heard talk about it. but That's I, the only I, thing I'm afraid of. I'd this. be surprised, I think. They haven't really done that all year, and I know Gronk's obviously a different beast than what they've faced, but I don't think so. If Tilly's moving you know, inside and covering the seams, I think he'd go on Edelman over Gronk. I don't know if he's a shit. I feel like he's more of like a big body, and you'd put, I don't Just know. Just like bodies up, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the only thing that scared me. What do you think, Keegs? Who are some player bets you like? Uh, well, I got a handful I'm looking at. I got, uh, honestly, a bunch I'm looking at, and I'll probably throw money on a few of them, like, game day morning. Uh, I was actually texting with CJ the other, the other day, and he brought the over three-and-a-half catches for Gronk to my attention, so I immediately threw, like, 25 bucks on that because I love that. Um, the over .5 interceptions I had for Goff, but I think for both is probably a pretty safe bet. Um, <clears throat> over .5 rushing yards for Brady. Uh, the Wolf talked about uh, maybe just a QB sneak at some point. I think we're good for at least one rush yard at some point, just on a short yardage QB sneak. Yeah. Brady loves those. Uh, a couple other ones, I guess over three and a half total sacks. I think these are two. I mean, there's are two solid offensive lines, but these are two teams that have gone after the quarterback. And especially you've got Donald and mm-hmm. side. I think four sacks is, is definitely uh, a reason. And uh, the last one I'll say is we get total punts. I like under seven and a half. Just how I I think I think it's going to get close and maybe like five or six, but I think eight's a lot of punts for a game that's going to be pretty offense heavy. Love that. All right, I got a couple. I agree. First of all, the one I like the best that, out of what you guys said, I definitely like the uh, over as far as two and a half different people making pass attempts. I totally agree with that. Same logic you guys said. 
I actually really like Brady uh, having under two and a half for his longest rush. I think it's pretty pretty. I mean, you know, you could get burned on that, but I think it's pretty unlikely that the guy's going to bust out a three yard run or more. I just it's hard for me to imagine it happening. Would have to be like a naked bootleg or something like that where they sold out. And if that happens, he could go for like twenty. But I think he's probably not going to go over two and a half yards uh, on any rush. So I actually like that. I don't know if Brady can run twenty yards. <laughs> well, he would he would like be shuffled. I remember like a long time ago. I remember. Do you remember Steve Bono? He used to be the quarterback for the Chiefs like a really long time ago. He did a oh, naked bootleg that went like man. 74 yards. Yeah, my gym teacher was actually his Sweet cousin. So I <laughs> cool um, story. Yeah. Well, he went did like. You, well, he we, all have, we all have different him. numbers. We all have different numbers on this Brady because my my book has him at 1.5. Keegs just said 0.5, and you said 2.5. No, but mine is for his mine is for his longest rush, like individual oh, rush. Yeah. Keegs uh, talking about uh, for the game, and I'm saying I and I'm at negative uh, 170, saying I don't think he's gonna rush on an individual run for more than two and a half yards. Oh, okay. Um, I, I really like James White over 55.5 receiving yards at minus uh, 125. I wouldn't be sure. I also like his combined rushing receiving at 75.5, but I would take the receiving if I was just going to take one of them. Um, here's, here's a commercial one that I think seems like a good bet. Which mm. is going to get a commercial first, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi's at plus 130. Uh, Pepsi's the sponsor of the Super Bowl, so to me, like it would be pretty shocking if Coke squeaked in there before them with a commercial. So I kind of saw that and was interested. Interesting. Yeah, you know yeah. that's yeah. the in-depth I, analysis that an extra decade on the planet will give you. Um, Coke's not even advertising at all in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was weird. I was really surprised to see the numbers on that, but but it said it was like Coke was like minus one forty and Pepsi plus one thirty. So I, I, if that's still around, maybe snap some of that action up. Um, yeah. And last two, these are basketball and football related. Um, James Harden's 30-point streak or Super Bowl 53, and which is going to end first. Super Bowl at minus 120. To me, obviously, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy's like 20-some games in a row over 30. There's no reason to believe he's going to stop scoring before the Super Bowl ends. So I would definitely put money on that. And the last one that I really, really like, Nick's win total for the season. Versus Tom Brady completions in the Super Bowl. Brady minus two fifty. Brady all the way. The Knicks right now are ten and forty. <laughs> They're ten and forty, and they just traded their only good player. I know he was injured, but they also traded their best player that wasn't injured. Uh, I don't see the Knicks winning more than fifteen games this season. Maybe sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. If they show a lot of heart, I think Brady wins this going away. Even though the odds are not great, I think it's like printing free money. Wait. So when do you have to lock in the James Harden one? Because I would. Would, you, I would, would guess. you do it like? When does it cut off? Do you I don't know? know. I saw it today on the site. I uh, would assume, like, you know, the more days that go past, like, <laughs> yeah, the odds will change, right? But I mean, yeah. I would, I, I like Harden very much. I mean, I, I was, I thought it would be a thirty-five thing, like he'd keep his thirty-five streak, but it's only thirty. I mean, the guy never doesn't score thirty, even when he has yeah. a bad game. He puts up thirty-seven, thirty-eight because he shoots like four hundred times a game. So uh, I like that one really easily. And of course, I wanted to ask Jimbo his things, but I, with those classy. Oh, I- I have, I have them. Actually. Okay, I mean, he he jetted out with those classy AirPods, so <laughs> he couldn't be around a scum anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, he has um, just like us. He has the Todd Gurley over thirty and a half receiving yards. He also mm-hmm. has Josh Reynolds over four catches. I like that too. Um, Jared Goff over two hundred and eighty nine point five yards. Those I love that three. one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one okay. I actually like Reynolds' yardage number at 49.5. Is that what you said, Virginia, or was it a receptions thing? Uh, receptions over four. 
Yeah, I like uh, I like Reynolds over forty nine and a half receiving yards also, which is another one I almost said, but back. Yeah, off the Patriots on always have like that random guy that kills them every year, and I feel like he'll be the one yeah, this year. I agree. I think yeah. Reynolds is the guy. There was one under bet I actually like. I don't usually like unders, and it was James White's first reception goes for nine and a half. I actually kind of like the under because, yes, he could obviously rip off 10 yards. He does it all the time. But I can see a quick dink that gets stuffed right away because uh, they're going to be scouting him well. And they defend the running backs that I think is like the third uh, fewest yardage allowed to running backs for the air. So I can see him just catching one and getting stuffed behind the yard of scrimmage and then just, you know, that being a, a nice, easy, quick win. Don't you think the James White – I, I kind of went past this. But don't you think James White – 55.5 receiving yards. Don't you think that's really low? I mean, am I, am I wrong? I see that, and I'm just like, wow, he's definitely going to go over 55. What am I missing? Just the fact that they defend the running back so well through the pass that they've got good pass catching line, uh, pass coverage linebackers. But you're you're right. I mean, he's like the key, like the most key cog of this attack all year, uh, and especially in the playoffs, playoffs, James. So I agree with you. I think he's definitely going over it. I just think more so the first catch might just get stuffed right away, type of thing. Yeah, it could be even be like third and four, and he gets five or something. something right. Like exactly. Yeah, it's a quick little dink and dunk right there. Exactly. Yeah. Nine and a half seems a little bit long for James White. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for the most part. Um, now, Wolf, are you allowed to actually make bets on like these Maroon Five things since you and Adam Levine are so close? <laughs> Me and him have been chatting. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's some tampering going wrong. Just hammer animals is all I'm going to say. Just as <laughs> when we were cuddling last night, he told me that animals was going to be his his go to to come out to. Uh, it's been revealed. Maroon Five is my favorite band of all time. Seamus, Justin Timberlake. That love has not even close to to the love that I have for Adam Levine. It's taken its toll on me. That's maybe. something because like Seamus's like last eight to ten Facebook posts have been about Justin Timberlake. So yeah, it's like, his birthday. Yeah, too, I, I know you're gonna have to. You got some catching up to do, Wolf. <laughs> you need you need to have Seamus write out something on the little notepad and send it to you and tweet it out before the game. Absolutely, I'll get his analysis on Adam Levine for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys, uh, Wolf. You want to pump up some social media before we get out of here? As always, you can find us at rotostreetjournal.com. This is the fantasy fullback dive, paving that path to 2019 titles. Maybe not today, but no. most weeks we are. We're just paving your path to financial freedom and everything that you've ever dreamed of with these prop bets, of course, today. Uh, but if you like what you heard, this type of analysis happens all the time here. So subscribe. Let us know that gritty stuff is what you love. Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram. Lots of stuff goes down on both of those. Roto ST Journal on Twitter. Me personally, at Roto Street Wolf. Hit me up anytime. You guys know I love talking fantasy and all the other guys. Uh, you guys want to pump your own handles for a little bit, real quick? Handles? Anybody want to pump some handles? No. Uh, we got Sean Geek sixteen on Twitter. I, I love <laughs> questions when I get them. So, <laughs> CJ, you yeah. got any handles you want to pump? I'd say just follow along with the Roto Street handle. We have uh, one of our friends, Dan, is running it now. He crushes all the videos. He might uh, be a little sidetracked with the Patriots, but we'll see how it goes. He's been crushing it, though, during the playoffs. All right, cool. All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. I actually wish we could get the panel together more frequently. I wish, uh, you know, we have to we have to come up with some other excuse to do this before Super Bowl 54 or Super Bowl LIV, as the in- insiders like the to college, call it. The college educated will know. Right, Super Bowl live. We got to get together before that. Um, anyway, my name's Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm the wolf. <laughs> I'm, I'm CJ. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. See ya. Yeah. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. 
to hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, first effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.